0: I need a break from it sometimes. Like I take days that I just go to the movie theater and watch a movie with my coach or something or teammates, and that's the day of break. We don't think about fighting at all. So I make right. sure I tell all the amateurs and stuff that I train, "Hey, you need a break from the fighting some days, just so you don't think about it all the time."
1: All right, let's talk it out. What movie are we going to see? Like, what are you doing to get your brain off? Like, name me the last three movies you went to go see to get your mind off stuff.
0: <laughs> all right, you're gonna laugh at one of them, but. I seen The Nun 2 last week, I seen uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles about a month ago, and I seen the Barbie movie about a month and a half ago.
1: What is up, ladies and gents? It is your friendly neighborhood BJJ podcast for Rappus Sparza coming to you with another great installment of The Grappling Hour. I hope you guys are in for a good one today. That's not the way you're supposed to say that. That actually sounds ominous. I hope you're in for a good one. Uh Uh-oh, just kidding. It's not. Here's what is great about today's episode. We have a guest whose energy is going to succeed and supersede mine because I have seen this man in the cage. He's got energy for days and I've seen him do wonderful wonderful interviews. I've seen him do wonderful things. So, I'm very excited to talk with him. But Enough about him. Let's get to business first. First things first, if you guys want to see these interviews 30 days before anybody else, I ask that you go on over to high.page backslash grappling hour, become a member of the grappling hour community. The reason why is you support me, I support athletes. That's how it works. For just five bucks a month, you see these interviews 30 days before everybody else. And for a few extra dollars, we do some extra bonus content available only at high.page backslash grappling hour. But ref, what kind of content? We're talking tape studies. We're talking footage of my grappling, which, by the way, not super great. You can see me get uh, beat up by a lot of very good people. Uh, Three, you can also check out extra bonus episodes like uh, we do interviews with athletes asking them who they respected the most that they've competed against, some Minnesota episodes on steroids, and even some subjects that you yourselves pitch to me. So it's your chance to find out things that sometimes I didn't even think about. All right, let's get to our guest today. This young man is very good at wrestling. We should start with that. But he's been emerging on the MMA scene to the point where, yeah, Dana White was entertained by him. Dana White said, yeah, let's bring this kid in. Let's bring him into the UFC. And to me gets through a lot of work because this man has been grinding and grinding and grinding and i am so excited to talk with him about his journey so why not even waste any time anymore why not get straight to our guest one dylan book how you doing brother how
0: you doing bro i appreciate you having me
1: hey man it is a pleasure to see you i noticed that when you walked in dude, you're already living life. You're already enjoying your day. It's 1 30 PM, but you look like you've been having a blast all day. Where does this energy come from? And, and how do you sustain it? Because I turned down coffee this morning and I was like, man, maybe I should be on the level of my guest and get the coffee to, to raise me <laughs> to his level.
0: Um, man, well, I've come from Baltimore city where not a lot of people make it out. I'm doing a lot of things that a lot of people aren't doing from my hometown. And, um, I'm able to wake up and do what I love every single day, and train every day for a living. So I'm blessed. I feel happy and uh, I feel at peace. So I got the energy builds up right when I wake up for
1: seven fifteen practice. I have to say, you when you were walking out in your fights, you smile too much. And most people, I would tell you, like, let's tone it down. But you have this energy, this sort of uh, excitement to get out there and, and and fight. And I think that does make us as viewers excited to watch your fights so what is the secret to being so excited about your fights and not keeping that in because we have a lot of people who do art of war keep your face very like there you're not that guy
0: yeah i just be myself out there i'm a goofball outside the octagon i like to have fun i like to mess around i like to make jokes crack slick i I feel like uh, the people that are the biggest celebrities in the sport, they're their self, like O'Malley, McGregor, they're all themselves. And uh, there's not too many people that can say they're like me because there's only one Dylan Butka.
1: I would say that as well. I do feel like that, but uh, I don't know you well enough to call you a goofball. So I need qualifications (laughs) because I myself am (laughs) a goofball. I take uh, the approach. I'm very professional that's what I take seriously, but the actual myself and how I treat others, like, I feel like I'm kind of a goofball. So I need, I need qualifications, sir. I'm going to be writing (laughs) them down. Please tell me what are the qualifications for you being a grade A goofball?
0: Uh, well, one thing that's probably giving me the goofball feature is having ADHD. So that definitely makes me into a goofball for sure. Uh, but I don't know, just cracking jokes on my homies that I'm close with calling them, calling them goofballs and acting like I'm not one, but, uh, Yeah, making them just cracking flicks on them, but I'm the only people. I'm the only person that can crack slick with them. Anybody else that does it, I have to beat them up though.
1: <laughs> I, dude, I love this. Like, uh, we've advanced as a culture now, where it's like, no, 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 we don't bully. I do bully my friends, but you don't bully strangers. Kids, <laughs> yes, that's the moral we want you to take away from this.
0: One hundred percent, I do that with all my teammates. I'm like, I can talk crap about you, but nobody else can.
1: <laughs> now, here's a question. Because as a goofball, I do recognize that some of my friends, they think that they're funnier than me or that they're more of a goofball than me. Now, we do a combat sport. I'll ask this first question, and I think you'll know where I'm going with the second. Are you roasting people when you're training with them? Because that, to me, is probably the top tier of goofball nature.
0: Oh, yeah, I definitely roast people. Like, uh, one of my training partners, he... Always gets his hair cut by girls he knows instead of just going to a real barber. So I'll make fun of his receding hairline all the time while he's beating me up or something like that. Or if I'm going with somebody that's good at jujitsu and they're on top of me, I'm like, man, you're
1: so lucky we ain't throwing hands right now because I beat you up. <laughs> you know, here's what I have to say I will feed you lines. I'll, I'll give you some of my best stuff because, you know, if you're telling people just like, oh, I wish we were throwing hands, I feel like that's, that's C level. Uh, on the the roast scale <laughs> if anything that wouldn't really uh, deter me what about I, receding hairline receding hairline okay now i was going to the opposite side yeah i feel that's dangerous territory listen dude because people are very protective of their hair and i'll say this i'm lucky enough that i've, I've kept this as old as i am and as long as i have <laughs> if you start telling me i got a receding hairline i might check it mid-roll and be like oh shit i got swept see that's what i do i don't just do the jokes i use the jokes as a setup to pass or to sweep so that's what i need you to do because there was a clip that i saw you you have a nice highlight clip on your your instagram and the moment i had a slight i don't get mad at guests but i had a slight moment where i got mad at you is that you had the nerve to get this rear naked choke to finish a fight (laughs) <laughs> and you didn't quite blow a kiss at the camera person but you might as well have because you essentially <laughs> winked and were like there and i'm like bro i've looked at a lot of my training footage i've never been that dope to just have a little naked be <laughs> like hey i see you fam and i go well that's a yeah. showman
0: so we had a uh, there's a story behind that before the fight i was like bro we got to get a viral video And somehow, I got the takedown right in front of my corner man. And that happened exactly like that. But I was like, oh, in the fight, I was like, oh, I'm right in front of the corner. And he had the camera pointing right at me. I was like, all right, I'm going to do some crazy face with the camera. And then it happened perfectly. So it was weird how that all played
1: out. (laughs) Now, I want to give you an example of maybe, I don't think I would do well in a round with you. I am one of those jujitsu guys, so I would have to cheat a lot. But I would tell you right now, if you're comfortable, I, I don't know if we're, We're cool yet in this way, but I would give you an example of the type of roast I would do to you. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I would, let's say you're beating me and maybe you got to that mount and you're saying like, Oh, you're lucky. I can't throw hands. I'd be like, Hey, listen, are you pre Malone? Is this before the tattoos happen? What's going on here? And in your confusion, I would a hundred percent either escape or sweep. So I just want to give you an idea. You gotta go straight that to like.
0: Funny that you say that. I've got pre Malone. I've got uh, riff raff. I've got Jack Harlow.
1: <laughs> see the got- Jack Harlow, I don't see. Uh, maybe it's because I don't see the hair. But the the pre Malone is, I feel like a a hundred percent a direct hit. Because yeah. it's not insulting that dude's very successful, but I also I don't know what that dude looks like without any of the tattoos So you look yeah. like him going out uh, Before <laughs> try to cover it all up so he could go to the, the shopping mall the the or something. One
0: I've got since I've uh, I look at some of the comments sometimes the craziest one I got in my comments was somebody said I was like Dustin Poirier's and Justin Gaethje's baby <laughs> That Yo. was a pretty crazy one
1: i'm gonna be really honest that sounds like a mega compliment considering how good both of those guys are if anybody's roasting me like that i want them to be like hey uh this dude is like the combination of david letterman and conan o'brien i'd be like thank you i wish that would be amazing so I, i but again you know the niceness of you uh i like to do these interviews usually in person there's no danger uh if you do a joke to somebody and you're not standing right next to them like i am <laughs> safely away from you right now but i love the fact that your soul is so real that i do this joke about you and it's all smiles so i'm like nah this is that guy like you would be fun to train with so kudos and and very much uh, appreciated that you are like that we need more people who are are fun and enjoyable to be in the sport so that's already i like
0: i like i like the fun stuff like that man because we're serious all the time i need a break from it sometimes like i take days that i just go to the movie theater and watch a movie with my coach or something or teammates and that's the day of a break we don't think about fighting at all so i make sure i tell all the amateurs and stuff that i train hey you need a break from the fighting some days just so you
1: don't think about it all the time All right, let's talk it out. What movie are we going to see? Like, what are you doing to get your brain off? Like, name me the last three movies you went to go see to get your mind off stuff.
0: (laughs) All right, you're going to laugh at one of them. But I seen The Nun 2 last week. I seen uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles about a month ago. And I seen the Barbie movie about a month and a half ago.
1: i knew this was gonna happen i knew this was a direct hit i was like this dude loves him scum uh you know lightheartedness, very breezy things all right so teenage mutant ninja turtles on brand totally get it none too sure you're probably a sicko you fight it's all good <laughs> three the barbie movie did you go by yourself or did you go with other people
0: I brought people with me, and they were teammates.
1: (laughs) So we're talking a whole bunch of bros going over to see Barbie. What was the general consensus from the bro delegation?
0: It was actually a pretty good movie, especially it was all right. It was boring at first, and then Will Ferrell popped up in it, and I'm a big Will Ferrell fan, so I was like, "All right, this is cool. This is cool now." But I don't, I don't like to take the uh, internet stuff with movies. I just like to go see it myself and like see if it's good or not. None too was really crazy but the story was everywhere like it was two hours and i lost the story like four times but it was a lot of crazy scenes and teenage mutant Ninja turtles was dope 100 percent dope
1: i've heard such great things and i have to tell you as a Raphael, i have a very high barometer of what it's supposed to be uh you don't get to grow up with this name and not have people call you a Ninja Turtle your entire life <laughs> and not have a say in this matter. So when I heard they were doing it, I was like, oh, shit, there's another generation of Raphaels that are going to be yep. just like, "Use that dude, huh? And I'm like, dude, I am kind of cool but rude, but goddammit, y'all y'all got to be nice. I can generally be nice. Just don't be a dick to me, and then I'll be very even-keeled, not rude, but very cool. So yeah. you go see those three movies. You say that you have... Interesting thoughts, which is, yes, I like the fact that you don't actually pay attention to what the internet says, because you should just go see a movie if you want to go see a movie and enjoy yeah. it if you want to enjoy it. And then you mentioned something important to me, which is Will Ferrell. Now, I'm a huge comedy <laughs> buff. And for years, I have to be honest, when he was on SNL, I didn't love Will Ferrell. Uh, but how do you deny Anchorman? How do you deny Step Brothers? Like, this that man problem. put together a, a resume of shit that I was like, no, nah, he's undeniable. He's great. But I need to ask now, top three Will Ferrell movies, go. Oh, Step
0: Brothers. Have you ever, all right, I don't know if you've seen this one, Everything Must Go. Yeah, absolutely. Everything Must Go is in my top three. And, um, oh,
1: what's the one with Kevin Hart? Get Hard.
0: Get Hard. Get Hard. Those are my top three.
1: So, hold on. You don't even put Anchorman in that list, sir.
0: Top five, though.
1: Top five. Oh, top five. Okay. All right, we'll see me through. Okay, so Anchorman's in the five. What's the four spot, then? Ooh. (sighs) Hmm. Just so you know, as you're thinking about that, this is the type of shit I would also be doing to you while rolling. So a hundred percent would just be like, name your top five Will Ferrell movies, and you'd be like, oh shoot, I can't. Oh no! So, listen, man. Uh, I've already devised. I'm. Already I'm, I'm sending this to your future opponent. I'm letting him know. I'm like, here, this is how you beat him, dude.
0: Just just talk to Will, Talk about Will Ferrell movies. Uh, probably probably the uh the one when um he's he he dates the girl and he used to be a gangster but they're a cop. You know what's kind on? Of,
1: Hold on, you know that one might take about? a second.
0: He's walking back and forth, talking to him in the granny outfit.
1: Shit, dude! All right, I'm gonna. I'll look that up as we talk. You know I'm I, I know what talking. I know what you're talking. I just can't get the name out right now. I used to be they're so like good. Agent,
0: at they're like agents or something. And he's in the he's in the police office, and they're trying to catch. him oh, I don't know
1: what. Uh, the the uh, the other guys.
0: The other guys. That That's
1: one, the one you're talking five. about. Okay. Top five. Woo! For a second, I'm like, dude. <laughs> The dementia's setting in. The Alzheimer's is happening. I'm not being able to remember movies now. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad we were able to cross that bridge. Well, okay. Yes. I feel like we connected more. I yelled at you. But I do want to point one out. The obvious. How do you not have Ricky Bobby in there, sir?
0: Oh! Talligan and Knights has to be in the top. Okay. We're going to switch other guys out with Talligan and Knights and put other guys number six, Anchorman number five.
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> the best part was having this little trump card that I was like, "Well, well let's hear it. Let's hear." It. Oh no, you forgot this one because I can't
0: believe I forgot that one.
1: That was a good one, man. For That's a second, cool. you were almost last, which, as we know, <laughs> is anything but first. So, got very dangerous here. So, okay, we talked about this. I want to go over to your Dana White contender series uh, moments because there was one moment that concerned me. And it had nothing to do with the fight in particular. In the post-presser, you go up and you very confidently say that you cut how many pounds in how much time?
0: Uh, we got the fight Thursday before the fight on Tuesday, and I was 25 pounds above my weight class. Because I was back home at my sister's house. We were on, I had fought August 26th at heavyweight, and my nutritionist and me planned to get the weight above 205. So I was eating everything I possibly could eat. Chicken, extra chicken, more chicken, steak, fish, three times, four times a day, just to get me over the weight Because I was cutting down to 85 because my original opponent was supposed to be at 85 for a t- August 26. So we had to get my weight up. I weighed in 207. I was around 215, 216 when we got the call. And I made 186 on the dot by Tuesday. So one, two, three, four, five days, I cut 25 pounds.
1: Okay this is the moment when I'm watching in the post presses that I go, I hope the child is okay. I hope that he is doing things. Okay. So the fact that you had a nutritionist helping you, I think is good, but like those weight cuts are brutal, man. So where was your brain going during all of that? I know as a wrestler, you have a strong resolve, but still that, that is a pretty tall task, especially given the fact that you're going to be fighting very quickly after doing that cut.
0: Uh, it's probably number one on the hardest weight cut I've ever done in my life. Um, the only reason is because I was eating everything because I was on vacation back home. They don't got good seafood out in Ohio, so I was eating all the good seafood back where I'm from, and um, it was really bad, bro. Like it was definitely one of the moments where I was like, "What the? What am I doing, man?" And I remember waking up the day of weigh-ins and we're still six over, and I'm like, "We cut it." We cut the last six pounds from 3.45 a.m. to 9. And we jumped on the scout exactly at 9. And we were exactly at 86. Like, at the end, it was falling off, like, 0.3, 0.4, 0.6. It was bad, bro. We were going from uh, the sauna bed back to the steam room, to the steam room, just shadow boxing, to shadow boxing, to the steam room. The sauna bed, that was the first time I ever used it in my life. And UFC gave it to us to use and uh, I actually realized I have claustrophobic feelings while I was in there. I was ne- I never knew I had claustrophobic, like, whatever it's called. And then I got in there, I was like, oh, I need to get out of here. So we were taking rounds. And, like, we were going rounds from the bag to the steam room. And it was bad. It was, it was really crazy, but we got it done. And uh, I think that's a reason why uh, Dana thinks I can make 170 because of what my body looked like in the fight because of how much weight i had to cut i look sloppy that's i've never looked like that in any of my fights at 85
1: so i'm guessing that's why he think i can make 70. i mean god bless but dana thinks a lot of people can make a lot of weight you know <laughs> you guys are much more uh reserved than i am because if somebody's like hey i think you can make 170 i'm pretty sure you could i'd be like you first
0: <laughs> she said that to him. No,
1: no, no, no. You should not say that to him. I, I have no allegiance. Nobody's trying to give me a contract. I'm good. You 100% should be like, Yes, sir. I, I'm sure I can. Meanwhile, Last cut I to, was
0: saying yes, sir, I was like, Damn, I don't know. But I didn't say yes, sir.
1: You <laughs> gave the right answer. And I, I think you could. It's just, let's put it this way if you give you more than four or five days, Yeah I, I think. I think there's I think a way with to what go.
0: I'm, I think with what I'm given now, like with the PI and the, like the supplements and everything they're given, which uh, they take a lot of... I've heard a lot of fighters say they don't... I don't know your thoughts on it. I heard a lot of fighters say they don't take good care about of their fighters, but like since I've been... I know I haven't been there long, but since I've been there, I've been taken care of 100% with everything I've done. So I feel like well, the things they offer and the things they give me, I'm able to make it now. If I needed to.
1: I would say this. I would say that there are 540 UFC fighters, if, if I've checked the last uh, TKO uh, stat correctly. I think There's always going to be people who don't have equal treatment. So with that many people, your experience is not going to be the same as somebody else's experience. And then if you go up to the top tier, let's say you've been with the company for so long, but there's a new emerging star that maybe gets treated a little bit better than you. And everybody's got to look out for their own interests. I get that. But I think it is hard to compare that. I'm just glad that for your particular case, it does look like you have these assets, these uh, things that are going to be very interestingly uh, implemented into your game. Because, yeah, if you think about it, what did you wrestle at when you were wrestling?
0: Uh, I wrestled at high school at 285. I was like 260. And then uh, we wrestled. I uh, I never had a match in college, but I was a 197 wrestler. And uh, I was a red shirt. And then COVID happened and we dropped out. And then I went straight into fighting.
1: Okay, so we'll we'll come back to the origin story all the way through. But I, I say this right now to point out a differentium, which is we're talking about the dude who wrestled at about 285. <laughs> now fighting at 170. So, like, unless you're going to get, like, the Volk spot on UFC 6, the video game, like... We, we don't got stuff to brag about like somebody should put that poster of you if you make it to UFC 6 of you wrestling at uh, 285 the way they put Volkanovsky when he was playing rugby because I look at that dude and I'm like <laughs> these are completely different human beings so yeah if I think from your perspective is when Dana's coming up to you and being like hey how does 170 sound you go I mean I might as well I've already lost all this other weight what's gonna stop it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it, if if he thinks I can't I'll try I don't know how good it's gonna be but I'll try if he really wants me to I've never been I haven't been below 85 since I was like a
1: Middle schooler <laughs> Jesus Christ alright even if we had gone to middle school at the same time I was a buck 40 uh, In soccer <laughs> and I was begging for more weight I was like oh give me 15 pounds Because at that time I was playing against dudes who were questionably My age, where I'm like, this dude has a family. I don't think this dude is like 15. I think this dude is 21. (laughs) And with like a grown man runs into you, and you're about 15, 16, and there's that force, and they have solid weight or heft. Like, dude i was getting knocked down and being like why do we do this sport this is (laughs) this is dumb and then meanwhile i looked over and i'm like "Yo, i'm mexican but i'm not that mexican that dude's a real mexican like props to that guy soccer soccer. yeah i was like no no no." i think i think that dude's playing for a reason to stay here in the country so i think he might want it a little more than i do (laughs) so uh all good dude all good good fair play you're just really fast man that sucks you
0: got it i'll sit out this
1: one yeah I and mean, like you have to just admit it you're like i mean can't deny that dude i was like i hope i see you in uh, mls pretty soon sir so i like going into those regions i do want to ask okay so if that was the bulk of your experience what prompts you from such a quick turnaround to come take this fight because to me there might be some members who say, I I wouldn't suggest taking this Dana White contender series fight. I wouldn't suggest doing that. And they would be in the right. In your case, it proved to be right to do it. So again, not all things equal here. But for you, what was the team thought on like, yeah, it's a it's a fast turnaround, but I think it's a good opportunity. Let's go for it.
0: Um, well, when I was an amateur, like uh we got kind of prepared for like the fast track type of thing. I was fighting MMA one week. Fault boxing the next MMA one week. Like I was, uh, average like two fights a month while I was an amateur. So we were kind of used to the bounce into the next thing over and over again. I had 21 fights in 2021. I had, uh, I already had, hold on, hold on, before.
1: hold on. Don't, don't, don't bypass that. Let's go back to that. <laughs> you said a number and at first I just, I was nodding like, okay. And then I stopped it. I go, I'm sorry. Did you say 21? Is it
0: two one? <laughs> yeah. I had not, I had, uh, 12. I think it might might be twenty one, twelve amateur boxing and nine MMA as an amateur.
1: What commission is being like? I don't know, man. Sounds good to me. What did he do <laughs> last week? Is he fine? Yeah, I'll let him go back in there.
0: <laughs> I don't. So I, I wasn't just fighting. I was I fought in Alabama. I fought in uh, PA. I was going all over the place to different spots and uh, fighting everybody I possibly could, and then and then all the people i went against they were top mma amateur prospects and like it it wasn't no like slouches i was getting in there with i didn't go against no easy fights it was like they were legit people that sometimes i was getting in there i was like what am i doing in here right now (laughs) like my first fight as an amateur was against uh derek overstreet he was three and one number one in kentucky and that was my first fight ever in mma and like since the beginning we said we ain't playing them for amateur fighters we ain't playing them for the regional scene we're planning for the national scene and as soon as I got the call they said how close are you to 85 I lied and said pretty close just so I could make sure I got it and we just started cutting right away I had one meal maybe two meals in all five of them days
1: just so I could make the weight cut God bless dude I if this is ever uh any kind of indication of the drive that you have it it cannot be questioned it is uh it is very impressive sir because honestly there's a lot of doubt that goes into those days. And I think that most people who have never had to do a weight cut don't know those feelings. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I tell people, you know, the nice part on the jujitsu side, dude, I'm, I'm not cutting weight, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm too old for this now. And I'm in a, a master's division and guess what? In my division, I've got people who fought professionally in MMA like and I'm just like, bro. Can you not? Like, our our 170 to 179 is not the same. Like, <laughs> I stand next to these dudes and they're all yoked out, and I'm like, are you on something? Because they're cutting from 200. <laughs> yeah, but you like look at them and you go, I think you need to go to 180, fam. I think I think that's what it is. Leave this Get to out the rest of, my of,
0: class. Get Dude, out of my class.
1: I think I I think there should be a tournament where you should be able once like let's say you won a tournament you should be able to veto one person in the, your weight category the next time at that same tournament like nah, no nah, i'm not doing that guy you oh, can get out of here i don't like I that, know that one again. you know what it is you hand your medal back you're like here i'm gonna bank this to get another one but uh <laughs> that dude also usada usada please this guy uh i just want to say uh check him out for
0: this tournament please
1: (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know we've been joking now but i've got guys especially when you get to the old age you see the same people all over it again so we're all very appreciative that we can give each other rounds because if they don't show up you don't have any kind of competition but i have like old people who are just nice who are just like hey man Let's have fun. Let's go out there. And I'm like, I don't want to like you right now, dude. Like, let me let's like you in 15 <laughs> oh, I minutes. I
0: competitions if they try to talk to me. I hate it. I'm like, we can be friends after, man. We can be friends after. Because <laughs> I, I I become friends with anybody that talks to me. So it's hard to fight them after I talk to them or grapple with them. Because, like, I just like talking, too. So it's hard. So I'm like, leave me the fuck alone right now. Freak alone. Sorry.
1: <laughs> you, you can curse. But I don't know <laughs> okay, what your deal yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? And if you... Don't want to curse, I'll curse for you. I got you, man. Don't worry about that. <laughs> All right, cool. I got right, enough cool. swears in me that uh, your friends will think greatly of you and be like, what a what an upstanding young man. And people are gonna be like, look at this old brown dude is just cursing up like a sailor. Screw I'm this gonna, cat. I'm
0: gonna, talk my, I'm gonna talk and be like, I don't want to go back today. He ain't stopped cussing the whole time.
1: Oh no no <laughs> oh bro, you can curse as much as you want to. I, I have no no feelings about it. The worst part is I feel like when I, I should get a, a primer sheet. It tells people how to appear on my show and without fail there's always a moment where people are like can I cuss and I was like you've never seen my show like that's the fastest way to know you've never seen what I do which is yeah dude this isn't network curse all you want do whatever you want Uh, but yes uh, I do appreciate that and now I'm starting to figure this out on your side which is if they're coming up to you and they're talking to you you're right you are a very nice guy you have the opposite problem which I have which is yeah I'm definitely nice but like can we not be nice 20 minutes and I don't I'm not even hating you I don't have to get to that like I need to destroy you I just like hey man what what are we doing here like <laughs> I paid some money to come do this and the last thing I want to do is like yay Harry Potter friendship moment like <laughs> no. let's, let's all be pals after this so uh, yeah. but yeah I, I've got people who are literally like hey bro one of my competitors uh, came over was like massaging me be like hey bro we getting out there and I'm like oh no yeah
0: no. <laughs> no that wouldn't have gone i would have been like bro don't touch me
1: <laughs> but but you don't you'd have the smile on your face so people would be like oh he's still a good guy i don't i have a very like you're okay. like don't touch me <laughs> what are we can you not do that dude i'm uh, the,
0: mas- the massage is crazy if somebody came up and massaged me before i would be like what are you doing right
1: now well, cause he like, first of all, I didn't even see him. So he just comes on over behind me. So I like when he's like doing this on the shoulders, I immediately go to like protect the neck. Protect so the I was neck. ready to like two on one. I was like, who's coming up? Cause I don't know who's behind me. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, we do a lot of interviews. There's a lot of people who I make fun of. Any one of these people on the floor has a reason to probably attack me. And instead <laughs> it's not question, an attack.
0: My question is, how did he know who you were and that you were the guy in the tournament? That's my even better we've, question.
1: We've competed against each other before, and like I'm sure you have distinguishing traits about you. Uh, my head is not really confusable. So, yeah. if it's a fairly unique giant head so (laughs) the fact when someone's behind me there's no questioning it's a block looking head from the back they're like that's Raph and if they see like a semi balance of like a glasses on the background they're pretty pretty confident they'll know it's me but I'm
0: gonna start coming to your tournaments with you and just standing behind you so nobody talks to you
1: oh my god oh Jesus Christ that would be the best you know (laughs) I want to say this it would be an overreaction on both of our parts to be like uh, Raf just wants to win this Naga But he hired <laughs> top tier security To make sure that nobody messes with him I'd be like oh i will be
0: walking through our weigh-ins with you and stuff And making sure nobody talks to you
1: <laughs> But you know what though We've already revealed the fact that if somebody came up And started talking to you I'd be like hey I'm dying over here dude <laughs> And he's like oh this guy's great I love him I'm like no his friend's beating me up now man My security could be a little bit better And you know what? I I don't need.
0: I'll be like, one sec. I'm getting them on your show next week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I should say this. Uh, So, the competing for me has been more of a recent uh, phenomenon. I've been doing podcasts and shows for over 10 years or whatever. And I had this thought since I started competing recently like, oh, I wonder if people will recognize me. I don't think they know me. I think they might recognize me from talking to people like you. And I had a moment where I was in a final. And somebody came up to me and they go, hey, man, uh, if I beat you, can I be on the show? And I was just straight out like, uh, yeah, sure, whatever. But I was like in the moment where I was just like, oh, dude, I'm not I'm not <laughs> trying to like I'm trying to take you down, dude. I'm not I'm not in that place. But I did laugh. And uh, th- him out. no nah, I wish I did. Uh, dude beat me by some points. <laughs> and. The sad part is is like he didn't bring it up again afterwards i was just kind of like hey man good job and then he did this to me where you know especially i'm sure with you there's a smiley nice version that everybody sees and even though he beat me by points this dude looked at me and he's like dude you surprised the fuck out of me and i go oh okay that's cool thanks man appreciate that he's like i yeah. didn't i didn't think you were gonna be like that and i go i mean that's because you see me talking to people and nice so yeah know. If I if I'm yeah. competing against you, I have to not be nice for maybe a few minutes. But I'm cool now, so we're good. Uh,
0: we're so, good at turning it on and off when we're supposed to.
1: Well, that's a you thing. And speaking of which, I do want to talk about your fight in itself because this fight kind of went a little bit everywhere. And I thought there had to be some reason why Dana wanted to pull you on. So, in your in your thought process, walk me through how you saw the fight going. And then after that, tell me why you think Dana, as a result of that, ended up wanting to bring you on.
0: Um, Well, I know it was definitely a very, very, very boring fight. Um, I definitely didn't want it to be that boring. I was definitely trying to throw at him. The weight cut 100% got to me. A minute and a half, minute 45 in there, I could feel it in my stomach. Um, I could feel it in my legs a lot um i'm usually a bit more bouncy in my other fights like moving around getting my angles i did it a lot against uh in my in my in my last lfa fight um i think if i had a full fight camp for him, or at least a month to prepare for him i don't think it would have even got through the first round um but the guy's tough real good dude uh really slick wrestling that i had to prepare for and the weight cut did not help with that that i had to stuff all them shots because of the weight cut um I planned to get him out of there by the second, and then um, you know what happens. You get in there, the whole game plan changed, and I didn't get him out of there in a second, so I knew I had to grind out a decision win by the third because I was tired, and I knew he was going to keep shooting on me, so we had to just keep stuffing the shots. Um, I think Dana put in the fact that I did cut the weight for him, and I did the stuff not a lot of fighters would do. I don't think the fight really had to do with the contract at all because... I wasn't able to showcase what I'm able to do in the fight that I usually do in my other fights. I looked out of shape. I looked sloppy. I landed a couple shots on the feet, but uh, it's not my best performance at all. And uh, I was actually pretty nervous that I wasn't going to get the contract after the fight. And I was really sad about it. And I was like, damn, I didn't do what I had to do. But um, I was blessed and he seen something in me and I'm happy he did so I can show everybody what I'm actually able to do with a fight camp for
1: my first fight. I'm very happy to hear that because uh, So, <clears throat> what I try to do, if you're a host, and I would actually hope this for more more people just as fans, I'm sure you probably see comments of people being like, this is a boring fight. Nah, oh, these, yeah. guys, these are go- the bums. What are we at? The bottom of the barrel. And I'm like, yo, these are dudes taking their opportunity. And the difference that they don't see with this is, your resume, and how consistent your resume is. So that also has to be a factor, in my opinion, because you would put together a large amount of wins. You've shown that you can cut that, and sometimes they need that very desperately. The hard part is to make it compelling enough on nights where maybe Dana is feeling um, feisty or he says on the microphone, you know, the worst thing you could kind of hear is be like, this is a terrible night of fights. And I'm sure if you're sitting in the thing being like...
0: "Oh." When he said this is literally the worst fight of all time on Dana White Contender Series to me, I was sitting there like, "Wow, I'm about to get memed out all over the internet right now." And then, like, my whole mood changed when he said, "But it's not Dylan Butka's fault." So I was like, "All right, we're good. I think
1: I made it." <laughs> <laughs> what a what a moment to like, "This is the worst fight I've ever seen." And you look over and you go, "Me?" Yeah, I was like, "Damn, it no. was."
0: I was like, "Damn, it probably was the worst fight." Honestly, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> But I, could, I couldn't believe that it was being said to me. And I was like, man, I just did the worst possible thing I could ever do. But then he gave him my props. He realized the backstory to it, which I'm thankful he actually looked into that. And I'm very lucky that he did, that uh, he's seen what I did to even do that. And people didn't even see that. Like, I flew in Friday, but before I flew in, I was in Baltimore and they got my ticket out of Ohio. So that night, Thursday night at 7 p.m., we had to drive back to Baltimore I practiced, Thursday, I practiced Friday morning to start getting weight off. We left out to go to Vegas at 3 o'clock. We got to Vegas by 6. I had to get my eye exam. Then there was a storm going on in Vegas. So the first place we went to to get the uh, MRI closed down. So we had to go to another place in Vegas. The second place we went to, I was in the MRI machine. The machines went out. Cause the storm was so bad then finally by 9 30 i finally got my mri done and then we finally got checked into the hotel at 10 30 go to sleep instantly start cutting weight the next day it was it was just so much stuff extra that plays a part in a fighter's performance in the end of the day i'm not gonna make excuses and say if that didn't happen because i had to get that done regardless but uh I feel like if I didn't have to do all them little extra things and cut to 25 and the fight would have been a way different story than what it was.
1: I'll tell you what my friends told me after a performance I wasn't proud of. They're like, hey, it's a win. And I go, hey, you're right. yeah. And you think about it and you get really hard on yourself. And I'm sure the amplification of the Internet doesn't help. The one thing I try to tell people is. Think of it from this way. Don't parrot always what Dana says because Dana's looking at it from a business standpoint of, I'm going to invest in this person or I need this person to produce these results for me. But when the internet starts saying exactly what Dana says, I go, you should have different interests. He, of course, he's a fight fan and he wants a good fight. But if he's looking at somebody, he's like, no, I can't use that guy. It's not the same reason you can or can't get behind a fighter. So when they start parroting and they say exactly what they uh, are saying on the show, I go, yeah, my question to you is, what do you think of that dude's left jab? Okay. What do you think of that dude, even given all of the stuff maybe you didn't know, uh, still being able to try shooting for these takedowns despite the fact that they're exhausted so there are a lot of stories like this that i try to take in mind and i think there's a difference between a good roast which is fun in nature and kind of like hey we're we're all kind of like joking about it and then being a dick so whenever i see people uh, jump on that bad one, they're like oh it's the worst uh contender series fight i could think of. i was like honestly i could think of other ones but why are we doing that you know like <laughs> yeah I don't need to create a list of uh, things that are like worst contender series fights I've ever seen. I go, hey man, sometimes even the worst fight can be very beneficial to the best of fighters.
0: Yeah, and I probably had the <clears throat> worst type of fight I could possibly have with everything I went through with the wrestling exchanges and stuff. So it was, it was a tough. It was definitely a tough one. I had to grind it out for sure.
1: And props to you for finding that win. Uh, so let's do this. Let's let's jump back. Uh, in a second, but I did want to ask this before we we kind of clean slate there. What did it feel like to be handed that contract? Because there's so much doubt. I'm sure that not just from the fight and the the little weight moment, you know, is Dana White going to give you a rose moment is what we like to call it, like the bachelor, you know. Uh, there's also the weight cut that you went through all these things. You found out you're claustrophobic, which is also a mental fuck if there is one. So you yeah. go through all of this, all of the external things, What did it feel like in the moment when they said, hey, welcome to the UFC?
0: Oh, man, I still get chills thinking about it. Like, I've honestly watched the video of me getting it probably a million times just because it's it's a moment since I started that I've been waiting to get. Um, When I first started fighting, I was going through a lot of stuff beforehand. I went back to Baltimore. I was doing a lot of stupid stuff I shouldn't have been doing at all, hanging with the wrong people. I had to figure out myself a lot before I even got into the sport. And then after I got into the sport, um, a lot of events happened. I lost my mom, I lost my dad. And um, since then I've just been trying to find myself and like find who I am and like heal all the wounds that happened while I was going through the process of becoming a fighter. So uh, that contract meant the world to me, man. I changed my life so much in the last couple of years.
1: Well, congratulations to you and my condolences on your family, man. I, I know what that feels like. And I definitely, I definitely know what it's like to go through that part. I don't know what it's like to fight. So I could only imagine that kind of additional burden, but also that additional push that you, you do have with that because people don't understand, you know, setbacks like that do create fuel, but then it's one of those. All right, I'll deal with shit later. I got to yeah. go, fuel, oh, fuel yeah. and let's go.
0: Yeah, I wasn't able to, uh, since all that stuff happened with my parents, I haven't been at like full peace. I haven't been completely happy. I've been happy with where I'm at in life, but now that I was able to get that contract and feel like everything I've been doing paid off, I'm able to be at peace now in myself. And I'm able to, even when I train now, I feel different type of train. I'm happy while I'm training. I'm not angry all the time. I'm, uh, I'm just happy to be doing what I'm able to do because I feel like they were proud in that exact moment.
1: That's wonderful, dude. That's very dope. And I like to remind people this, which is parents sacrifice so much so that you do have those opportunities. So they they would only be happy with what you're accomplishing because they had that investment in you. They knew that you would pay off. So what you may have now that seems like a disadvantage but might be an advantage is a lot of people take stuff for granted when they have those things when they're taken away you now firmly know things that you love can go away so you have to appreciate those moments and work to build better moments and things that make good on those sacrifices and those uh things that they gave you so that's why to me you know you you are both blessed with that as a knowledge and, and cursed with the reality of, well, you can't communicate with them anymore. So the fact yeah. that you're able to make something so positive of that is a true uh, fulfillment of what they were sending yeah. forth.
0: It really is. Definitely, it was hard spots in there, but I'm happy that I'm able to, uh, just happy I'm able to feel happy about it now and tell people like you that can spread it around and stuff and other people maybe can hear it too. So it feels dope.
1: Well, let's go back to the original days. Let's talk about your first Moment or experience in combat sports. So where does martial arts in some way enter your life, sir?
0: Um My junior year of high school. I was the first time I stepped into the wrestling room and um My coaches were like and I went to dumb dog high school in baltimore, maryland. Um I walked in the room and they were like, you know how to tackle. I was like, yeah So I started double-legging everybody on the mat. Um, I won a national wrestling tournament my senior year of high school, one year after I started wrestling, um, I play, I was the first state placer at my school in like 16 years. Um, and then from there, I was originally going to go to school for football and I fell in love with wrestling. I was like, I like the individual sport. I like to uh, have it all on my hands. Um, and then I went to Urbana University. That was the first school I attended. And then uh, I actually lied about my SAT scores to go there pretty crazy story and they kicked me out and then i got an offer from notre dame and they took me on full time they gave me a full ride they said if i made 97 i could wrestle for them i redshirted there and then right when i got out of my red shirt season i was ready to wrestle i was gonna uh, try out for the starting spot and COVID happened and they kicked us all out and then i ran into Farrar's golden from demolition fight team and he seen i went back to baltimore and he said uh Get your ass up to the Demolition Fight Team. And I packed all my stuff and moved in for some reason. In my head, I was like, all right, let's do it. And I moved into the back of the gym. And I was sleeping on the couch there for the first year and a half of my career as an amateur. And um, pretty much a Michael T- Mike Tyson story, sleeping on the couch. But uh, and now I live above the gym in the apartments above my gym. So I'm not, not too far away. I can still walk downstairs and go down there whenever I want.
1: Well, man, what a... What a moment to take all of that because you had some things thrown at you as well that definitely sucked. I mean, having an entire program or season of wrestling be thrown away and discarded has to be like so frustrating because you you put so much of your time into saying like, well, this is what it is. I love this. We're going to make this work. We're going to go with it. Uh, we're going to get to a little bit of the MMA first, but th- you know, this show is called The Grappling Hour. So I always like to ask people, do you remember your first jujitsu class, and if so, what do you remember about it?
0: Um, I do. I remember that I thought that I could just beat everybody up with wrestling at first, and I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna take these guys down." And as soon as I started doing that, I started getting Kamored, rear naked, guillotine. I was like, "All right, I got to get better at this very quickly." And I started. Uh, I was actually. My college coach, while I was redshirting, was paying for me to go to uh, grappling tournaments, and then um, I was doing like the what's grappling industry ones. I was going to PA. I was I was traveling like seven hours to go do one match. It was ridiculous. (laughs) But I was, yeah, it it was pretty crazy. I was I was going from Ohio to PA. And then I would go do another one the next day. But my coach was taken care of on. He was like, let's get you some matches. Let's get you grappling. Let's do your stuff while you can't wrestle right now. Cause he knew I was hungry. I was trying to do something. But uh that my first time I was definitely it was definitely a wake-up call, like, okay, I gotta get better at this.
1: Okay. I want to stick here for a second because again, grappling enthusiast, I love hearing wrestlers who come to do our sport because it's it's a very similar story for a lot of them, which is, eh, these nerds, eh, all right, <laughs> this is dumb. And I think the best ones are the ones that go, oh, I got to restart just like I did when I was wrestling. I have to kind of throw out what I know and understand it's going to give me an advantage. But if I really want to learn this thing, I kind of have to reset and uh, listen to people who I would see as good advisors and mentors. <laughs> but... You know, if you look at your topology page, the first thing that comes up is a grappling competition. And that to me was where I was so interested in because I go, oh, you know, even before you're highly competing in MMA and really, really making that run, you've also got these grappling competitions. So from your perspective, what was the best thing that you learned in these moments when you are traveling for seven hours at a time to go compete for one match? Like, where were you getting mental wise to make that happen because some people can be defeated by that especially if they don't have the results that they want after such a long journey to get there
0: um some of them that i traveled seven hours for i actually lost which made me so angry <laughs> because i was like damn i would have traveled here for one match and then i lost but uh i feel like when i'm not when i'm not able to compete like how I was when I first started with jiu-jitsu people it makes me want to do it more so I lock in even more on that thing like I go up to Dante Leon's gym in Toledo and uh they tap the shit out of me every time I go there but I'm like ugh, I need to go back I need to go do it again I need to go try to tap them out which I never do because they're so good but uh I eventually started getting to the point where okay I gotta take these guys down without getting tapped out I got to start taking these guys down without getting caught in this or get caught in this. And then they start doing different things. I'm like, all right, I got better at that. They ain't tapping me out in that no more. They're trying different things. They're trying to choke me out in different ways now or do crazy electric chair stuff and stuff like that. So uh, I think this, I think that's what I uh, love most about this sport. No matter how deep you get into it, no matter how good you get, you're still going to have to go against somebody in the room that knows something better than you that you got to get better at them at and compete with them, or you're not in the right room.
1: Copy that, writing down, electric chair. <laughs> light, light. Throw him off, good to know, okay. <laughs> you're gonna send that over to him. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not saying that over to that, that's a personal one, that's if I ever roll with you. I don't know if you ever know this, but uh, I tell my friends, and I say this routinely on the show, that there was a day where I said, you know, which Justice League member is everybody? And yeah, I ask everybody, and everybody kind of says their ones. Like oh, I'm Superman, oh, I'm Wonder Woman, all oh, this great, 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 And They get to me, they're like, who are you? And I'm like, well, I'm Batman. And they're like, everybody wants to be Batman. And I was like, no, I, I have a very good claim to being Batman. And they're like, what is it? I go, I know all of your weaknesses. <laughs> and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not
0: saying them no more.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> but it's it's only for this. So Batman in Justice League has a contingency. In case shit goes wrong because he's the only human really fighting with these meta humans. So all these super amplified people, what's he going to do to Superman? Ah, kryptonite. What's he going to do to Aquaman? Ah, these things. What's he going to do to Green Lantern? He's got this powerful ring that seems indestructible. Yeah, you find some yellow and uh, you do these things. So he has like all these contingency plans. So my whole thing is I'm like, I'm Batman because I'm the weakest of y'all and I can still beat you guys by something if i know what your weakness is i just don't do it all the time because we're training partners but if y'all <laughs> ever go hulk mode i've got to be able to have something to keep you from so where we
0: train uh, and i go hulk mode instant electric chair
1: <laughs> i don't know that because you're a little bit heavier than me so as a result of that <laughs> i just know it's an option to try uh because there, there's certain there's certain limits on certain things i just know there i'm like
0: know, it's gonna be a combo thing it's gonna be like What's your favorite World Feral thing? Electric
1: chair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I will have way more success on roasting you. I promise you. Because I, I don't even know what I'm going to roast you until I'm in the moment. And there was a dude who I want to say, uh, an MMA fighter I was training with uh, yesterday or two days before. And it was a very silent role. And then he was the first to make this noise. I'm like, huh, normally this works. And I go, oh, yeah, you just, you don't, aren't doing it right, dude. And he's like, I'm winning. And I go, I, I mean, you are, you have my back now, but I just need two minutes and I'll be out. And he's looking at me and he goes, are you fucking kidding me? And I go, yeah, I'll, I'll get out of this, dude. I'm, I'm okay. And I get out of it and he's like, God damn it. And I go, listen, dude, I'm not very good at this. I just, I know what you need and I just don't give it to you. So, you know, we're going to be here for a while, unfortunately. And he just we're laughs here, and I go, yeah. we're going to have fun, man. And so by the end of it, he's like, he just looks at me and he goes you really do talk a lot of shit for nothing to really show for it and i was like that's my whole gig man <laughs> very good at this one thing i didn't got say i was this, good at you're like, you got
0: me this far so
1: hey listen dude it is it has made me to the point this this dumb smart mouth of mine has made it so that i've never actually been in a fight growing up now <laughs> I just choose fights with my friends as opposed to when you're growing up. It's like, dude, anytime somebody tried to beat me up, I would just roast them. And then everybody would be like, all right, we're over it. Because the crowd's (laughs) laughing at the person. You just go, all right, we're done. Great. Bye, everybody. So that was my whole, like, some people get in there like, I got 40 fights when I was a kid. I was like, I got zero. But (laughs) I think you could kind of figure out why after I start talking for a little bit. Speaking of which, all right. I do want to ask this because i'll ask the mma question in a second but this bugs me about you how do people call you the mindless hulk because to me there's nothing mindless about you you're quite conversational you're quite intelligent so when someone's just like i don't know dude look at this guy this dude's like a mindless hulk am i right (laughs) boom got him and then you go well i guess that's the nickname so i feel bad i i look at you and i don't Value you or think of you that way. So where does this come from, and why did we go with this name?
0: Um. Well, when I first got here, me and my coach did a lot of thinking on this because when I was in high school, I got in the paper. People would call me Dylan the hawk butt good because I used to slam people in their head in wrestling and stuff like that. But um, I I wanted to make a brand for myself that like motivated people, inspired people, and stuff like that. So when I was going through all the trials and tribulations, I was going to. I thought the best type of word was for it was like mindless. Like I just kept pushing. I didn't think about it. I kept going to the positive side of thing and I stayed mindless through all of it. So um, I think that was kind of my best brand and type of thing. It was different. And now everything I do, I base it off of that to try to inspire the youth or people going through the same type of thing that I go through and to stay mindless throughout all of it
1: okay when you define it like that it sounds much better because i don't know if you know (laughs) the hulk storyline but the hulk is supposed to be this genius who turns into a big dumb goon and who does not have all of the things now granted there are some variations of it where they're smart hulk etc etc but what you're saying is oh the less smart version of bruce banner i'm that is how i read it with hulk (laughs) And I just thought to myself, I go, I don't get that vibe. I've interviewed plenty of people who are dumb. You do not strike <laughs> me as somebody who is dumb. So to me, I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't know that I love this. But when you put it in that context, which is more of. Uh, a mindless, like, go with the flow, mindless in the sense of don't overthink, mindless of being present, that, to me, is like, oh, there is a deeper connotation to this, so I'm glad that's the case, because I got very worried, and I I worry about these commentators being like, well, this dude just did a mindless takedown right there, boom! He doesn't know what he's doing.
0: (laughs) No, I've heard it, like, I've had to explain that to a lot, because the, like, I remember my first LFA fight, uh, Anthony Smith was like, this man's name's mindless Hawk, but he doesn't look so mindless while he's in the cage he looks actually pretty smart and i was like damn i gotta explain that to somebody
1: <laughs> i'm just listen dude it's a good opportunity for an opening conversation about the subject yeah all i ever think of is how would i roast you how would i do these things and i know if i have a certain joke and i have a certain level of where i want it, the joke to resonate the internet is way further down here. I'm being like, fuck this dude. He's mindless. I don't like this. So I just want to make sure that we we put it out there. so more people are informed because, uh, I'm definitely late to this party. And I know that you mentioned in being inspirational to the kids, but I saw you recently put up some videos where you were doing like these zooms with, uh, kids in a classroom. And I thought that was so unique and so great. I do have one complaint. There is one guy, uh, or one lady, I think, or, or a female that asked a question and i think they were asking about your strength and uh your regimen routine and all that and the video cut off right before that i was like well i want to know what that is (laughs) and so like i looked at it i go where's the rest of this but i just like she asked a question and i felt like the equivalent of being in that class and you just going like oh i'm not going to answer that and i go i know these can only be short videos but dick move dude i want to know what the hell your routine was so i'm gonna ask that question now what is your regular routine sir um
0: i don't lift like weights at all like i don't do benching or any like plates or anything i do a lot of agility stuff to where i'm like jumping and uh back and forth side to side medicine ball throw to the air jump push-ups uh burpees a lot of body weight workouts i don't really like uh doing the um, late weight squats with the barbell and everything like that i've never been big on that i i'm bigger on like being able to lift my own body weight and be able to lift other people and uh agility bouncing back and forth stuff like that i'm i'm really big on that like uh hopping over the medicine ball uh conditioning the muscles um a lot of the stuff that a lot of people don't hit on i think
1: that makes sense okay great I feel better having heard you give an explanation of this. <laughs>
0: you, hey, you personally can go back to that class and answer that question for him. Now. I
1: don't. I don't want to. I, <laughs> listen, I am not a role model for this. I have gotten asked to to speak at like some youth things here and there, and I immediately go, "Don't curse. Don't curse. Don't curse for the kids. Just oh, remember." Hard. And it's very different. No, you've got the right personality for that.
0: It's hard. You, it is. It's- mm-mm. It's hard not to, though, because I had to. When I was speaking to him, I was like, oh, wait, I got to say this in a term that 10 year olds will understand.
1: <laughs> and then there's the version of me that's like, I remember when I was 10 years old, I always thought the dude that would curse or the lady that would curse was like, yeah, that person's cool. But then you knew in the back of your mind, they got so much shit from everybody being like, you can't do that with these kids. Yeah, so I no. try not to, especially now if they're my friends who. Have me come do it i don't embarrass them don't (laughs) don't screw this (laughs) up for them don't make them look bad so uh i definitely get that i want to circle back to this which is we talked about your beginnings but i do like to ask people these two questions i'll start with the first which is when did you know that you had an appreciation For martial arts like when did you know you were going to be doing it as more than just a hobby because obviously you had this wrestling trajectory but then you really grew to love it and you have to be somebody who really really loves it to want to fight and to make a career out of it so when did those wheels come together and and make that happen for you
0: um honestly not until my like fourth amateur fight Uh, I didn't realize, I didn't know if I belonged in the sport. I didn't know if, uh, I could do these big things. My coach was saying I could do like, you always say, Oh, I can do that. But then like in your head, if you're saying that you did from the jump, I don't believe that because you got to really go through the cage. You got to go in the cage. You got to get punched in the face to really decide if you want to do that forever. You got to have your make it or break it fight. You got to go through that war. And, uh, I had my first war type of fight uh my fourth amateur fight where I got busted up. I still won the fight, but I got hit hard. I got my nose was leaking. Uh I fractured my shin and I was like, damn, that was crazy. But I still want to do it again. And that's why I was like, you know what? I love this. I want to do this forever. But before that, when I was getting in the cage, I was completely shitting myself. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I doing this? I'm all the way in Kentucky right now fighting somebody that's been fighting for 10 years. Why am I doing this? I'm looking at my coach like, what do you got me in here for? And then uh, I just fell in love with it. And it slowly started going away from me freaking out to me falling in love with it and enjoying getting into the cage and being anxious to get in the cage. I don't even get, everybody gets them butterflies before they get in there. But I've done it so much that the only problem I have before the fight is getting so anxious to get in there and go do what I do.
1: That's a very good way of putting it. And actually it does show a good sense of how you and your team have, have shifted a mentality because I know more of the anxiousness is usually an excitement to perform. And yep. what that means is that time that you wait, which feels like forever when you're at a venue and you go, I just want to go on. I just want to do this. You know, I know that from the the comedy side, I know that from speaking side, but As an athlete, I have a small taste of it. What you guys have is this whole thing of like, I've done the media week. I've done the weight cut. I've done all these things. Let me just get in there and fight. And what you've been able to do is turn a corner and say, "Mm, now I get the opportunity to fight. And when you have that mentality, it doesn't become like, oh, I'm worried about how I'm going to do. It's like, I get to show and I'm excited to show people what I can do. Let me get out there because- So many young athletes, they confuse that. And they're like, am I scared? What am I feeling? What am I doing? And they're like, you don't have enough experience yet. It's going to come. And then when that moment happens, you're going to have this breakthrough in, in performance and performance and killing it. And it's so fun to watch so many people make that that cut. So yeah. uh, I'm very happy that that is what you have found. Uh, I wanted to ask this, which is, you know, you found that you did that obviously you did have a moment where you kind of thought like my coaches were telling me to go fight and you found the love for it on your fourth or fifth amy fight but why fighting because you could have been wrestling you could have found another way back you could have circled around there are so many other things you could have done but what does fighting mean to you and why follow it because you don't have to
0: yeah um you got some good questions, man. These are probably some of the best questions I've been asked. <laughs> it's not the same regular ones, but uh, definitely uh, I started realizing who it was making me out to be. Uh, i realized that um, it's made me more disciplined. It's surrounded me around such a great community of people that I never thought I'd be around. Like, I'm friends with nerds that are jujitsu jitsu guys that are some of my best friends now. I'm friends with people who got out of jail and started boxing and now there are some of the best boxers in the world just uh everybody in the sport who actually does the sport is like uh, um they're just so genuine and real and like a lot of fighters that you wouldn't think of are genuine and real and it's uh surrounded me around a family type of vibe when i was growing up i didn't have no big family and stuff so i really like the family type of vibe it gives off um and it's just it pretty much has just made me into who i am now like i never was organized i never was disciplined i was just a young teenage kid that did everything and was all over the place and it's it's grounded me and it's made me be able to like speak like this i never even spoke like this before i fought and it's taught me how to speak correctly and uh not like i'm from some ghetto or i'm able to just like be myself and uh be a man it just taught me how to be a man and it's 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 helped me out a lot and more than just being able to get my hand raised what well, feels really good but uh when i get out of the cage it's helped with a lot outside the cage too with being able to uh, be who i am and know who i am 100 percent.
1: i think that's usually the type of answer that indicates this is what you were destined to do like this is something that maybe didn't feel like it was the choice that when it came together you go it was the only choice like look at yes. what it's done to inform you in ways and to make you grow and as you say you know to make you the man you were meant to become. So yeah. I I think of so many different paths that people take when they find their purpose. You go, "Oh man, they found their purpose." Like that's so awesome to watch people do that. And what's great for us is we're seeing the beginning of you now starting a career in the UFC. So you have this contract We're very much looking forward to seeing you fight. I know you don't know when and where just yet, but the fact that you have the contract means it could happen sooner than later. So even though we say right now, and this is all legit, we don't know that you have a fight. Who knows in 30 days when this goes up for everybody to see, it might be a very different story. So I'm very sorry if you guys see this in 30 days for free (laughs) and you go, uh, shit changed. You want to fight. Oops. Uh, sorry. It's just the way the cards go sometimes. But what I want to tell you is I'm very happy that this has found great fulfillment for you. It is always fun to see that. And now you're at a part where it's not just fulfillment, but it's let's see how much more you can do. And so I'm, I'm so stoked to watch what's coming up next for you. And I'll definitely be watching. And I know other people do too, but. At the very end of the interview, I always like to give an opportunity to the guest to thank any of their sponsors, any of their friends, their family, uh, their training partners that helped them to get to this moment. And normally it's after a fight, but since we're not quite interviewing after the Dana White Contender Series fight, I kind of want to make it more to like a goal of you got to the ufc so i want to give you the opportunity the camera's just going to be on you sir so feel free to thank those people and and give props and you can also throw in sponsors too because they make sure to help and that you're good so floor is all yours sir
0: Uh, i want to show my appreciation to my coach gary young Uh, i asked him a couple years ago if he thinks i can actually do this and he kept it real and he actually said i would be in the ufc by 23 which is crazy he's a genius um i appreciate demolition fight team for everything you guys did for me you brought me in when i had nothing and uh i'm bringing you guys all the way to the top with me no matter where i go um my management my manager drake Jimenez and holy hill media for paving the way and making sure they can schedule everything for me because i do have adhd very bad and i will forget this and i probably would have been asleep right now if you didn't schedule this for me um i appreciate all my sponsors thrax thc um Italian bull coaching for all the all the things you guys done for me and supporting me with and um I want to show my appreciation to my nutritionist Anthony from Father John's Brewery he makes sure I make the weight if I got to make heavyweight or make the weight if I got to make 85 he's always been there he knows my body to the fullest and I want to show my appreciation to my man's wrath and after our first UFC win we're going to be right back going here
1: talking about that look at that that's so sweet that's very nice of you if ariel calls you first though it's me first not him all right i got you (laughs) oh yes that's a segment we're gonna keep doing now i'm just gonna be like ariel screw you bud you can get the second interview uh no i'm just kidding listen we love all these people everybody in this media space they work very very hard um i just love the fact that you were you were kind enough to say that i want to tell you this man It has been a blast to get to know you. You have such a great personality. It just pierces through that TV. And I knew, I was like, man, I know what you're capable of having seen your other fights. And I'm just so glad that things turned out the way they did. And so that way, really, this first fight in the UFC is your ability to just go, let me show you what I can do with the camp. Let me feel like this feels fair. And then let me make good on that investment you made in me. So to me, I i am so rooting for that. And I know you're working your ass off for it. And I can't wait to see it, man.
0: I appreciate that, bro. You're doing a good job over there too, man. I love the podcast
1: very nice of you sir so why don't we do this i'm gonna say bye to people uh real quick but i'll say bye to you off air in just a moment so stick around i'll see you off air in just a second but my thanks to you man a pleasure getting to know and chat with you you're you're a very good kid and uh i i know good things are coming your way my man so big big props to you
0: appreciate you brother thank you so
1: much Alright you guys, that is about to do it but uh, before we get out of here, a couple quick reminders first and foremost, if you're not a member of the Grappling Hour community, we ask that you go over to hi.page backslash Grappling Hour. Get these interviews 30 days before everybody else. Why? Because you don't want to find out this information in 30 days like those bums those freeloaders, those guys who can't put together $5, but they'll go to Starbucks and they'll spend that in seconds, but they won't give it to their buddy, Rafa Sparza. Those people, don't be like them. Be better than them. See these interviews, hi.page backslash grappling hour. And if you're truly a homie and a friend, or you just watched this interview and had no idea who I was, happens a lot, but you thought a couple of those jokes were worth it. A couple of those questions were worth it. Maybe this guy's got some insight because we do tape studies with athletes. We watch their fight back with them. We also do extra episodes. We do tons of content all day, all night for a few extra dollars. Also, if you made it this far in, like, share, and subscribe. And let's say you had nothing to say about this interview, which, by the way, would make you incredibly... I I was going to say stupid, but I I think it's stingy. Why don't you do this? If you have nothing to comment about... (laughs) Either our guest or me, why don't you put your top five Will Ferrell movies in the (laughs) comment section and we'll judge you on those. I'll tell you this right now. If it doesn't have Anchorman out, get out right now. If it doesn't have Ricky Bobby, remember your pal Raph tried to help you out here. All right. And join us on the Discord at Grappling Hour. Hear all the news first, et cetera, et cetera. That's going to do it for us here at the Grappling Hour. It has been a great day for grappling. We'll see you back on the mats.